This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialized version of thrilling new stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is season one, Insomnia, book one of the Nightwalker series by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of Episode 8, Chapter 8 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this episode, Parker realizes that he has missed his chance to meet Mia's eyes because she has left for the day to go to a counseling session. On the way home from school, he meets the eyes of the woman at the checkout counter, Agnes, and so he watches her dreams that night. Parker recognizes the dream as a clear memory of the past, and it shows that her husband is physically abusing her. Worried for the safety of Agnes and her children, Parker prints off a list of women's shelters and drops it off to her at the store with no explanation. And that's your recap for Chapter 8. Stick around now for Chapter 9 of Insomnia. Hope you enjoy! Insomnia, The Nightwalkers Written by J.R. Johansson Narrated by Roy Samuelson 9. It's for soccer, Mrs. Cooper. I smiled, keeping eye contact while telling a flat-out lie. I need to talk to Mia about some plans for the upcoming season. After Agnes, lying was not an issue if it meant avoiding another horrible dream like that. No more. I couldn't live that way, not when I knew there was a solution. Last month, Mr. Nelson had let me make up an assignment by helping Mrs. Cooper, one of the secretaries, sort registration paperwork after school. She dreamed of school soccer games, a diehard fan. She bobbed her brunette head for a moment, the tight bun at the back bouncing with the motion, but she seemed confused. And why can't you ask Ms. Green herself for her schedule? That's the whole problem. I can't seem to find her. If I knew her schedule, then I could at least track her down. I glanced again at the clock, hoping I could convince Mrs. Cooper before Mia went to her next class. The smell of toner and paper permeated the office. My stomach was already churning with anxiety, and the smell made it worse. For now, I was the only student in the room. But in just a few minutes, the bell would ring, and it would be packed. Yes, well, hmm. The school secretary turned her attention to her light blue sweater and tugged on a fuzzball clinging to the front. I needed to switch tactics. I understand. I raised my hands and took a step back from her desk and surrender. I mean, there were probably privacy issues or something. I just wanted to talk to her about coordinating another joint practice. It'd be amazing if we could help each other, you know, take state with both teams this year. Mrs. Cooper's eyes glazed over for a moment, 
I knew her weakness. No school in our state had won both the girls' and boys' title in over 30 years. I'll see if I can find her on my own. I shrugged and pulled my backpack over my shoulders. Have a good day, Mrs. Cooper. Well... She cleared her throat and turned back to her keyboard. I suppose if it's for the good of school sports. The paper coming through the printer seemed to call to me. Everything else froze while it inched its way out. Finally, grabbing the sheet, she handed it to me with a sly grin. Go boulders. Thank you. I moved to the side of the office as other people pushed toward the desk. I had been so focused on getting the schedule, I hadn't even noticed the bell ring. But with how full the halls were, it must have. I saw that Mia had P.E. next, and then lunch. As much as I wanted to see her, I didn't think going into the girls' locker room was the answer. I would wait. It would only take one glance in her eyes, and then I'd be able to see her dreams again. I folded the paper carefully and opened my backpack. After shuffling pencils and papers around for a minute, I found a folder and tucked the schedule gently inside. It was no less than a lifeline for me, the last bottle of water on earth. Glancing up, I saw Jeff Sparks looking straight at me. Something in his expression told me he had witnessed some of my conversation with Mrs. Cooper. I forced myself to meet his eyes in spite of the guilty shiver that ran down my spine. It didn't help that Thor stood behind him, looking as primed to pulverize as ever. Hey, man, what's up? What are you doing? Jeff's tone was casual as he glanced at the folder still poking out of my backpack. He knew exactly what I'd done. Just checking on some problems with my schedule. Hmm, I see. He slouched down and dropped his bag to the floor. Everything about him was so relaxed. I wondered if my guilty mind was playing tricks on me. Maybe he didn't know. Did you get it figured out? Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I took one step toward the door, but he moved to block my way. Grabbing my shoulder with one hand, he stepped closer. Everything casual about his expression disappeared, and my muscles tensed in response. Parker, be careful. I think you might... Parker? Addie's voice came from behind the office counter. You're so pale, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I nodded and tried to look healthy, until I realized I didn't know how. Jeff's grin was instantly painted back on his face. He dropped his hand back to his side and picked up his bag. Hey, Eddie, what are you doing back there? She smiled, and it made me take an extra breath. I'm an aide for the nurse this period. Oh, that's cool. Jeff's grin widened, and he winked. I guess I know when to come in if I ever need someone to play doctor. I like Jeff well enough on the soccer field, but the way he acted around girls sometimes made me want to hurl. The fact that he said it to Addie made me want to hurl him through a window. Addie laughed and rolled her eyes. Right, sure, that's gonna happen. She stepped out from behind the desk and stood next to me. Her hand brushed the back of mine for an instant, and I tried to keep my breathing even. Weren't you guys supposed to be in class or something? Jeff winked and tossed his arm around her shoulder. Or something. Addie glanced at me, and this time, I had a pretty good idea what she was thinking. I choked back a laugh. Jeff had picked the wrong sophomore girl to underestimate. 
She grabbed his hand and twirled out from under his arm like a ballerina, then stepped behind the counter before speaking again. I let Mindy know that you're into playing doctor again. She's an aide in here next period, right? Addie propped her elbows on the desk, batted her eyelashes in the most ridiculously exaggerated look of innocence I had ever seen, and then winked at him. I've heard that sick room should practically have your initials carved on the doorway. I coughed at the startled look on Jeff's face, but Addie didn't even flinch. Mindy was Jeff's on-again, off-again cheerleader girlfriend, infamous for her outrageous explosions of jealousy. Everyone knew the last time he kissed another girl, she had keyed the driver's side of his car, even though she'd never admitted to it. Jeff cleared his throat, then tried to laugh it off as the bell rang. Um, I should go. I had a free study period and was in no rush, but they didn't know that. Besides, Addie could handle Jeff with both hands tied behind her back and probably put on nail polish at the same time. See you guys later. Addie gave me a little wave, and I pivoted, walking out the door as Jeff called after me. Practice tomorrow after school, don't forget. When I got to my locker, I reached into the folder and withdrew the paper I'd lied to get. Folding Mia's schedule carefully, I put it in my pocket. Feeling it there reassured me. I'd be able to figure this out. Everything would be all right now. The mirror lining the back of the trophy case across the hall caught my eye again, but my reflection looked nothing like me. A chill ran through me. The guy I saw, his eyes were cold, calculating, desperate. After rubbing my palms hard across my face, I glanced back at my reflection. It looked like me again. Just a trick of the light or something. Or maybe meeting Mia was changing me in more ways than I had thought. Mia? Her navy eyes met mine, and I felt an instant surge of relief. Every lie I had told in the office that morning was worth it. For that one moment, I'd made eye contact. Now, if I could just avoid meeting anyone else's eyes for the rest of the day, I'd be home free. It wasn't even noon yet, though. Maybe I hadn't thought this plan through enough. Oh, hey. She looked down and grabbed a tater tot from her tray. I took a seat across from her at the lunch table, heady from the adrenaline flowing through my veins. No more putting up with the tortured curveballs my curse was throwing at me. It was time for me to take control. Tonight, I would see Mia's dreams. Glancing at my hands, she stopped short of popping another tot in her mouth. Aren't you eating? Oh. My attention shifted to my empty hands, and I realized they were shaking again. They still trembled against my legs as I thrust them into the pockets of my loose jeans and glanced over at the lunch line. When was the last time I had eaten? Lunch yesterday, maybe? Trying to remember made my head hurt. It didn't matter anyway. Not really hungry. The words came out as a grunt and it surprised me. I didn't even recognize my own voice. She raised an eyebrow but said nothing as she continued to eat. The noises of the cafeteria flowed over us, clanking dishes and people talking. I wanted to kick myself for not planning better. All my focus had been on finding her and making eye contact. I hadn't considered what I'd do next. So, I cleared my throat. You like playing soccer? Mia stopped trying to eat and tilted her head to one side. 
Wow, you're a regular detective. You figured that out already? Uh, yeah. I forced out a strained chuckle. The awkward silence that followed made my hands sweat as I tried to force my brain to think of anything else to talk about. This shouldn't be so hard. I talked to girls all the time and never had such difficulty. Maybe Mia was different because it was the first time I wanted, no, needed, something from someone in a very long time. After waiting a few moments, she shook her head lightly and glanced around. Leaning forward, she whispered, Listen, you seem like a nice guy, but whatever you're on, I'm not interested. And you should stop, too. You look wasted. I blinked, feeling a little stunned as her meaning sank in. Wait, I'm not... Mia stood, and her eyes were sad. She shrugged. None of my business. I'm just saying, rehab. Then she picked up her tray and walked away. I watched her retreating back for a minute and sighed. Rehab. I shook my head, wishing it were that simple. We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is In a Dark, Dark Wood by Ruth Ware. It's excellent. I really enjoyed it. It's very intense, and it goes back and forth between two different timelines of before and after a crime was committed so that you can kind of try and piece it together along with the protagonist. I love when stories do that, so I'm a big fan. And whether you decide to go with my recommendation of In a Dark, Dark Wood or go with an audiobook of your choice, you can do so today by going to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads for your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you because we now continue with chapter nine of Insomnia. The rest of the afternoon was painful. I was pretty good at making teachers think I was listening without making direct eye contact, but I had never had to do it with Finn before. With teachers, I'd just sit in the back and from across the classroom, they couldn't tell if I looked at their eyes or the middle of their foreheads. Plus, I got average grades, so they didn't care much anyway. Finn, however, was far more observant than I gave him credit for. I kept rubbing my eyes as an excuse for not looking at him. After he asked me, What the heck is wrong with your eyes? For the third time, I finally gave up. I think I'm going home sick. Finn's brow furrowed, but he nodded, and I turned toward the parking lot. I kicked a rock on my way to the car. It reminded me of my life as it bounced along trying to maintain stability, an impossible feat when even the slightest dent in the asphalt would alter its direction and send it crashing toward a new end. The last thing I wanted was to cause problems with Finn. I knew he would get over it this time, but I needed a better plan than avoiding all eye contact besides Mia's. I just had no idea what that plan was yet. Two nights of watching Mia's dreams later, my locker door slammed with a clang and Finn grinned at me from the other side. His shirt of the day said, I'm schizophrenic and so am I. Hey man, feeling a little less bizarre now? What do you mean? I leaned back, looking around him, scanning the hall for the bazillionth time that day. Mia should have been heading this way now, but there was no sign of her. Mm, let's see, you've been acting mental. 
You went home sick two days ago. Then yesterday, you just disappeared in the middle of the day, skipped Jeff's practice, and left Addie and me stranded here with no ride. Finn raised his eyebrows and moved his head, attempting to block my view of the hall. No big deal. I mean, the nice truck driver we hitched home with seemed mostly safe. Although, I was a little concerned when I saw the shovel and all that rope behind the seat. Sorry, yeah, feeling better. Thanks, I muttered. I stepped around him, squinting. Finn's hand pushed me back toward the lockers, hard. I turned on him. What was that? He sighed and glanced at the people streaming past us through the hall. Listen to me. You've got to stop. Stop what? You're the one slamming me into the wall. It's no different than what you're doing to yourself. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. This whole Mia obsession. You need to lay off. What? Finn groaned and leaned back against the locker. You're acting like a total stalker. I'm trying to help. Everyone sees you staring at her, always showing up wherever she goes. She'll never be interested if you don't stop acting like Ted freaking Bundy. It's even creeping me out. My fists tightened by my sides. It's not like that. Then what's it like, Parker? What's going on here? You've been acting really weird. And a word to the wise? Girls don't like weird. Trust me, I know. He gave me a crooked grin and took a step back. Anger bubbled inside me. He didn't have a clue what was happening. He'd never understand how painful it was when every cell in your body stopped talking to your brain. How scary it was to be dying and not be able to tell anyone. Why did he think he could tell me what to do? You can't understand, all right? So just leave me alone. I had had enough. He didn't take me seriously when I tried to tell him about my curse before. I wasn't about to explain myself again. He needed to drop it. As I turned to walk away, I was stopped abruptly by his hand on my shoulder. The anger inside me erupted, and I spun around and swung without thought. Only when I felt the pain radiating through my hand from where it had connected with his cheek did I realize what I had done. Finn slammed back against the locker, eyes wide. A gasp sounded in the hallway, but it was the shock and betrayal in Finn's expression that jolted my system. His cheek had already turned an angry shade of red, and a few drops of blood dripped from a gash where his temple hit the locker. I felt my mouth drop open, and then closed it as my anger mingled with a sudden wash of regret. The two emotions clashed, leaving me in an argument with myself in my own mind. I didn't mean to hit him, but it wasn't like he didn't deserve it. Finn shook his head and stood up straight. What the hell, man? Talk to me when you decide to stop acting like such an asshole. His back was so stiff as he walked away that he didn't even look like himself. For some reason, that made me sadder than anything else. I glanced around to see everyone frozen, staring at me. What? I demanded. Almost in unison, the crowd found something more interesting to look at, whispering to each other as they made their way toward their classes. Then, I was alone, and I felt so alone. I leaned against my locker, waiting for my pulse and breathing to regulate. What was wrong with me? This wasn't like me. Finn didn't deserve that. What was I thinking? I had been doing things I had never done before Mia. I was out of control. 
All week, I couldn't seem to think of anything but seeing her again. I couldn't focus in my classes. I had memorized her schedule, but needed to keep the crumpled paper in my pocket to feel secure. Nothing mattered if I couldn't find a way to see her. Was this what addiction felt like? I had gone so long without deep sleep that I had forgotten how incredible it could be. And now that I had tasted it again, I was addicted to it. My situation was so much worse than I had thought. I stepped forward and caught a movement in the mirror of the trophy case. When I glanced up, I saw two figures instead of one. Me and some guy standing just behind me. He grinned. I whipped around, but there was no one. I was still alone in the hallway. My heart pounded loud in my ears. Pivoting in a slow circle, I turned back to the mirror. But it was just me now. My reflection was pale, panting. For the first time I could remember, I looked as scared as I felt. I was beginning to hate that mirror. Drawing in a deep breath, I walked toward my next class, trying to shrug off the icy feeling in my gut and rubbing my palm across the small lump in my pocket that held Mia's class schedule. No matter what, I had to sleep. Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the Authorly Insights section for Chapter 9. What types of things can a person become addicted to? Typically, everyone thinks about drugs, obviously. But what about hope? What about sleep? What other things that, if we're deprived of, can we become addicted to if we get them back? How good can it feel to really sleep when you've been truly deprived for an extended period of time? Could this need be comparable to any other drug? For Parker, it could be. And that is beginning to raise some difficult and dangerous questions for him. I'm gonna get real for a second. Like many of you out there, I'm sure, several people in my family suffer from addiction. Obviously not of this kind, but I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the way it can make you lie to the people you love. I've seen the control it can take over your life, the way it can lead you down a darker path than you may have ever seen yourself on. My experience has made me feel like it's really important to talk about it, and I wanted to explore more about addiction in the story with a less obvious focus for that addiction. It was in the hopes that it may create a different vehicle for the discussion. So I think it's healthy. Let's talk about addiction. Send me a message on Instagram or Twitter at JR Johansson. And that's it for the Authorly Insights section for Chapter 9. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next episode. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. 
Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.